Are you looking to take your team to the next level and lead to your full potential? Then Leading with Purpose is the show for you. It's an hour of empowerment with your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Nathan is a business and leadership development coach, public speaker, and author. He's also a founder of Clutch Consulting and a member of the John Maxwell team. Nathan's purpose in life is to empower others, and that's how he helps businesses and leaders grow. He specializes in leadership training, improving communication in the workplace, and creating high-performance teams. So join Nathan and this week's guest as they provide you with the information and tools you need to effectively lead yourself and others. It's time for Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. Here is your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome to episode number 23 of Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. You know, I am so grateful that you have chosen to spend a portion of your day with us. I, I know your time is valuable, but I promise you, you, we have an empowering hour ahead. And you're going to receive so much value out of today's episode that when we are done, you will want to go to iTunes, review the show, and subscribe to this podcast so you never, ever miss a single episode. And friends, as you know, my purpose in life is to empower other people. And this show is just one of several ways that I do that. Since starting this podcast, it has never ceased to amaze me how much I've personally been empowered by other people in my life and the amount of giving that I've received from those who've been so gracious with their time in order to share their expertise and content with you my listeners. And that's one of the reasons why I've chosen to bring today's guest, Mr. Bob Berg, onto the show. At the end of the day, I know that what he shares with us today will benefit you and your business. And that's important to me. And I know that it's important to you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. So thank you so much. And with that, I would like to introduce Bob Berg. He is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence with total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, has sold over half a million copies, and it has been translated into 21 different languages. It has been released in a new expanded edition with a foreword by Huffington Post founder and publisher, Ariana Huffington. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is also an unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his hometown of Jupiter, Florida. Bob, welcome so much to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, great, Nathan. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be with you. You are welcome. I'm excited to have you. And before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of our interview, so to speak, this morning, let's start here. Tell us something interesting about yourself that people may not know. Oh, I would say probably that I'm very much an introvert and would rather either be alone or, or with just a couple of people uh, you know, with whom I'm very close as opposed to being out in a uh, crowd other than when I'm being paid to speak in front of a lot of people. I'm fine with that. But, uh, but I would, I would much prefer, I drive my energy from, uh, solitude and, and small groups as opposed to, uh, large crowds. 
You know, why do you think that's the case? Because I've actually been hearing that a lot lately, just on various podcasters that I listen to and so forth, and even podcasters for one reason or another, they tend to be very introverted in nature, but yet they're not afraid to get behind the mic or in your case, you're not afraid to get in front of and stand in front of, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of people at the same time to talk. I think we're all built a certain way and we're built differently and we all have our own uh, ways of deriving energy, if you will, and our own ways of pursuing happiness. And I I just think it is as is now as far as how someone can be uh, introverted and yet not have an issue with speaking in front of a large audience. I I think they're two different things. Um but, uh, you know, so to me, it's always been very natural. <laughs> you know? Now, on the other hand, I know a lot of people, a lot of speakers who are very extroverted and people who would just they derive their energy from being with lots and lots of people. So I think it really is is just a matter of where we're built a certain way. We're all created differently. Many similarities, but many differences. And we just sort of uh, run with with what works for us. Well, I appreciate that it comes natural for you because there, there are so many people that need to hear your message. And Bob, I just absolutely love what you're doing to help people like my business, uh, like my listeners in the in the business community. And I, I want to thank, want to talk with you this morning about your highly acclaimed book, The Go Giver, which you co-authored with uh, John David Mann. Uh, what is the premise of this book? Which, for those listening, by the way, has sold well over half a million copies. Well, thank you. The The basic premise, really, Nathan, is simply that shifting one's focus, and this is really the key, uh, shifting one's focus from getting to giving. Now, when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others and understanding that doing this is not only a nice way, a pleasant way to conduct business, it's actually the most financially successful way as well not through some not not for some magical mystical reasons just do good things and good things no not at all it ties very basically into human nature that that when we move from a, an i focus or me focus to an other focus when we're looking to provide value to others to make other people's lives better happier more fulfilling uh People feel good about us. <laughs> they uh, begin to know us. They like us. They trust us. They want to be a part of our lives. They want to do business with us. They want to refer uh, us to others. They want to, uh, again, be a part of our lives and give value to us. So it, it's actually uh, very natural the way this works. You know, you make an interesting point that I want to spend a little bit of time on <clears throat> because one of the things that you just said is that the, the go-giver philosophy is – totally congruent with human nature Mm -hmm. and that that could be looked at a number of different ways and not necessarily all of them positive you know for some reason unfortunately there's this idea that for some people we should succeed at all costs and do whatever it takes to succeed no matter who or maybe or maybe what we take advantage of so you could explain could you explain a little bit more about that Sure. Well, I often, when I'm speaking at a sales conference, the first question I'll, I'll ask the audience is, who agrees with the statement that nobody is ever going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet? And everybody laugh. We all laugh because we know that's true. No one's going to buy from us because we have a quota to meet. No one's going to buy from us because we need the money. And no one's going to buy from us even though we're really nice people who believe in what we sell. <laughs> people right. will buy from us for none of those reasons. People will buy from us 
for one reason, and that is they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's fine. That's absolutely the way it should be in a free market-based environment, which simply means no one is forced to do business with anyone else. The only reason why two people or more will come together on any transaction is because all parties believe they will benefit from it. And that's that's wonderful. Now, what this does, though, is that it it creates the environment where the salesperson needs to be the one to communicate that value. It's not up to the to the prospective customer to communicate that value okay it's up to the up to the salesperson to the up to the entrepreneur or in terms of leadership up to the leader uh, who is is selling the potential follower on why they should follow them right it's up to right. that person to communicate that that value this is why in the sales vernacular we say that money is simply an echo of value it's the thunder to values lightning which means nothing more and that the value must come first, and that's through focusing on the other person. The value must come first, and the money you receive is simply a very natural and a direct result of the value you've provided. Do you have any suggestions for the listeners on the call today? And you know, these, some of these may be industry specific, but you know, for somebody who's maybe perhaps in sales and mm -hmm. wants to deliver more value to maybe prospective clients or maybe even existing clients that they serve and do business with, do you have two or three suggestions that they could use to deliver more value and really separate themselves from perhaps the competition? And that is important because technology has leveled off the playing field. And basically every product and service now works <laughs> and they're right. pretty similar, right? You know, and that's good. That, that's fine. But what happens is when a prospective customer sees no significant difference between any two products or services, it's always going to come down to who has the lowest price. And as I often say, unless your last name is Walmart, trying to make low price your unique selling proposition is not a good way to go. It's not pro a profitable way to do business, not a, a productive way to do business. It's not a fun way to do business. When you sell on price, on low price, you're a commodity. When you sell on value, you're a resource. Now, the way to do this is to be that additional value. The product or service is probably the same. So you need to be that additional value how? Well, there are probably you know, hundreds of ways, Nathan, to, to, to communicate that additional value, but they tend to come down to five what we call elements of value. And they are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that you can communicate, you and or your team members can communicate one or or hopefully all five of those at every single touch point, beginning from the time you meet them through the, the prospecting process, through the sales process, through the referral process, to the degree that you can communicate those elements of value. That's the degree you will separate yourself from the, the competition and take money, take price right out of the equation. Well, Bob, we've got just about a minute and a half before our first commercial break. And what I'm hearing from you is really this, what clients and customers are expecting in the business community is really not a whole lot different than what our team members are expecting in their work environments from their leaders and management professionals. Is that true? Oh, very true. Because, you know, we know just like in sales, it's not about you. It's not about the product, even though the product's important, service is important. It's about the other person. Well, great leadership 
is never about the leader, right? Great influence right. is never about the influencer. It's about those people whose lives you're attempting to touch. It's about those people whose lives you are looking to add value to. Well, when we get back from the commercial break, I want to talk with you about the misconceptions about what being a go-giver is. Uh, you're tuning in to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. Today we have Mr. Bob Berg, author of The Go-Giver and The Go-Giver Leader, on air with us. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss it. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. Do you wish you had more focus? Do you wish you were more intentional about the things you need to get done to really start making progress in your business and leadership? If so, you need the Leadership Journal by Nathan R. Mitchell. The Leadership Journal is Nathan's empowerment project to help business owners entrepreneurs and leaders grow their business empower their teams and lead to their full potential in only 90 days to begin reaching your full potential today simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com and claim your copy of the leadership journal now are you wanting to get better business results better leadership skills faster then this is where you need to be Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. Before we get back to our interview with Bob Berg, I would like to let you know that today's broadcast is brought to you by Minert & Associates, a full-service accounting firm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, dedicated to helping businesses relieve their financial stress. So if you are in need of tax preparation, bookkeeping, or payroll services, I highly encourage you to visit my friends over at Minert & Associates. You can learn more about them by simply visiting relievefinancialstress.com. And with that, Bob, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you, Nathan. Well, right before the commercial break, we were talking about how business owners can add more value and separate themselves from uh, the competition. And as I mentioned before the commercial break, I want to talk with you about this idea about being a go-giver and are there misconceptions about what being a go-giver is? You know, the name itself almost implies that as business owners, we have to constantly give. And in that situation, can we possibly be taken advantage of? For example, how does a go-giver tell people, no, I don't want to do that, or that's not in alignment with who I am. It doesn't help me fulfill my purpose uh, in, my, in, in the workplace. Sure. Well, there are there are several questions there, and they're all good ones. And and first, uh, is is being a go giver or the term go giver ever misconstrued? A absolutely. I mean, I, I think as human beings, most of us we make decisions based on very limited information. So when someone sees a title such as the go giver and they haven't heard about the book itself, they naturally might assume it's about giving yourself away or you know giving till it hurts or giving you know and, and some of the negative connotations. But no, no, none of that. Uh actually being a go giver should absolutely never be confused with being a doormat uh, being a, a martyr or being self-sacrificial in any way, shape, or form. Absol absolutely not. Uh, 
It simply means that you are constantly focused on providing value to others, which is the most profitable way to run your business. Um, so yeah, that, that now, as far as people, uh, how do you say no to someone? Well, that you do it in a way. And, and by the way, go givers constantly have to say no, because as a go giver, you're probably doing very, very well in business. If you're following the five laws and the better you do, the more people want to, uh, you know, utilize your time and ask you to do things that really we've got to be able to say no to, uh, in order to keep our focus where it, where it needs to be. However, we can always say no in a way that is kind, in a way that's respectful, in a way that honors the other person. Uh, example, you know, where we often hear when uh, the the, polit- the politically correct uh, saying about saying no that I've been hearing over the last few years is, well, no is a complete sentence. And you know, people <laughs> hear that and they feel empowered by it. And, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to tell people no. And, and my question, respectfully, is really, is that what you're going to do? Someone asks you to someone asks you to serve on a committee, let's say. It's certainly not an outlandish fact. It's a compliment. But you just don't want to do it for whatever reason. And that's your your business. You don't want to do it. Are you really just going to say no? I mean, obviously, if you do that, you're it's rude. It's uh, it, it's going to turn this person off from asking you to do anything else with them, which and, and that might not be very good because they, they, you might want to do something with them in the future. But really saying no that way is not congruent with your value system, which is to be respectful of others. Uh, now, I've also uh, you know heard people say, well, just tell a little white lie. Such, well, I, I would, but I'm I'm too busy right now. Well, the the problem with doing that, in my opinion, is that first, it's not you you know that you're not too busy. That what it is is that you don't value doing the thing as much as you value not doing the thing. <laughs> so when we right. say we're too, if we wanted to do it, we'd have time. We'd find time, right? Because that's what we do as human beings. We find time to do the things we value. So we know we're fibbing to ourselves and fibbing to the other person, and that just doesn't feel good. We're out of integrity when we do that. Also, that person probably, as they're asking people to serve on this committee, are they're hearing that all the time, so they're going to be able to – they're going to overcome the objection, right? And they're going to communicate why time will not be an issue. Now you're stuck because you either have to admit to them that you are fibbing or you need to, in order to save face, do the thing you don't want to do. And again, we don't want to be self-sacrificial or what have you. So what if we were able to say no in a way that both honored them and ourselves, it honored our boundaries and allowed everyone to feel good about themselves? And – so what I suggest, the person asks you to serve on a committee, and you simply say, oh, thank you so much for asking. While it's not something I'd like to do, please know how honored I am to be asked. Boom. You, you were polite. You were kind. You didn't give an excuse, okay? You didn't give them something to hang their hat on and to, to answer. You just let them know it's not something that you wanted to do, but that you were very appreciative. You were honored to be asked. And if you'll do that, you'll find you can... Uh, you can say no, whether it's that or whether it's it's taking on additional work, whether it's uh, what, what's called scope creep, you know, in a, in a in a consulting job you're doing or what have you, and anything else you need to say no to. Well, Bob, you're an extremely successful person, and I'm sure you get asked to do things all the time. And my guess is you probably have to say no more often than you say yes to things. Sure. So, 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 what advice can you give to? You know, the business owner that keeps getting asked to be a part of this or that, you know, what's a good formula that that they can look at to make these decisions based on? What do I do 
what do I not do? I mean, I was listening to a podcast recently by John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneur yeah. on Fire. That's great. And, yeah. uh, you know, he made the comment that if, it, if it's a maybe, it's a definite no. Oh, I think that's, that's a good basis. Uh, I, I would say this. The, the question we always need to ask ourselves, and I learned this from Dan Kennedy uh, years and years ago. Uh, and for many years, I had this uh, until it was until I absolutely just knew it. I, I kept it on my computer so I could always look at it when I had a question. And that is, is what I am about to do the best and highest possible use of my time? And uh, I, I think when we ask that question, we're partway there now. The next question we might ask is, is this congruent with my values? Now, again, not that you would do something that's not congruent with your values, but is it something that's that's right on, so right on with what you believe you should be doing that you just can't say no to, not can't to the other person, but can't to yourself and, and, and go with that as well. So I would say if it's not the best and highest use of your time, if it's not something so aligned with your values that you just can't say no. Uh, and I like John's advice, too, that if it's just not so exciting to you that it's a definite yes, then you, you say no. And again, right. as long as you do it in a way that's kind and tactful and respectful, you're OK. Well, Bob, I want to thank you for that advice. You know, you, already in the show or about halfway through the show, you're sharing all kinds of nuggets of wisdoms for both myself and my listeners today. I know I'm learning a great deal from you as well. Uh, with that in mind, you know, looking back on your own life and career, uh, was there one piece of advice that you received before you even knew anything about what being a go-giver entailed that was really a difference maker for you? Well, early in my sales career, at, at, right after I floundered because I did flounder for the first three months or so because I didn't know anything about sales and, and the training at the first company I was at was, we'll say, negligible at best. I began to read books by people. Now, this is you know almost 40 years uh, now, so I'm going back in, in my personal <laughs> history, but books by Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar, and those books immediately helped me to become a professional salesperson, and I, I was equipped to, to sell, and I was doing well for a couple of years. But I, I hit a, uh, a plateau, and I, I sort of became someone with a lot of potential who was no longer growing. And one day, I remember coming back to the office. I was selling for a company at the time, and, and I came back to the office really disgusted with myself for a, a sale that I, I did not uh, make. And one of the older people at the office, he kind of, he was a nice guy. He wasn't even in sales. He was, I think, in the engineering department, and I believe he retired soon after that. But he, I think he saw me as sort of like Joe, the protagonist and the go-giver, the uh, protege, right, who who was filled with potential that, that was not being realized. And he, he said, Berg, can I give you a, a piece of advice? And I said, sure, please. And he said, if you want to make a lot of money in business, actually, he said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target, your target, he said, is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he continued, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he added, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It's not the target itself. The target is serving others. And that was really a turning point for me. It's when I realized what sales was really about. You know, and that brings up my next point, because one line in the book has actually raised quite a few eyebrows. It's where you and John wrote, does it make money is not a bad question. It's a great question. It's just a bad 
first question. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they're in the startup phase, might disagree with you. Uh, they might even say it's the only question when it comes to business. Otherwise, you're just naive, right? So what did, what did the two of you mean when you wrote that in the book? Sure. Well, let's go back to, and that's a great question. Let's go back to what we were talking about earlier. No one's going to buy from you because you need the money, right? No one's going to invest in your uh, in your startup or no one's going to purchase your product because you think it's a great idea or because you want the money for it. Uh, so when you start out with the question, with the first question, will it make money? You're sort of uh, doing it. You're driving 60 miles per hour down the highway, looking in the rear view mirror. Your focus is in the wrong place. First ask, will it serve? Is this something that will benefit people? Because that's the only reason why people are going to buy it. Is it something that people want? Is there a market for it? Or can a market be created for it? Now, if the answer is no, then don't bother because you're not going to make money from it. right? You're not. right. Now, if the answer is yes, if the answer is yes, it's something people want, something people need, something people desire, something that people will grow to love. Now you ask, will it make money? Because remember, they can need it, want it, desire it, love it, and the whole thing. But if it won't make a profit, that's also no good, right? Then you've got a hobby, not a business. And while hobbies are good, that's not what we're talking about here. So Absolutely. no, making money, again, as, as Pindar told Joe, asking if it will make money is a great question. It's just a bad first question. First ask, will it serve? Will it bring value to others? Now, if the answer is yes, now go ahead and ask, will it make money? Will it be profitable? So let's talk about value for a second. We've got just a couple of minutes before the next commercial break, uh, especially for the small business owner, the entrepreneur that's in that startup phase. You know, how do they add value to others without it costing them too much money, especially going back to what you mentioned earlier about the competitive economic environment and business environment um, mm -hmm. where, you know, technology has changed the scope of everything. And, you know, there's a lot of competing products out there that are doing the same thing. Well, what about that person? What about that entrepreneur or salesperson who pays so much attention to the wants, needs, and desires of the other person that they've separated themselves from every other salesperson in their field? See, many people think that selling is about trying to convince someone to buy something they don't want or need. Well, we know that's the opposite of selling. Uh, that's called being a con artist. Selling, by definition, is simply discovering what that other person needs, wants, or desires, and helping them to get it. So when you do, and how do you do that? Well, you ask questions, and you ask questions in order to listen, and you ask questions in order to understand. And so when your focus is just absolutely, unabashedly on that other person and wanting to please them, and then only at that point, finding a way to connect the benefits of your product or service with what they want, need, or desire, now you have just added significant value to them. Well, Bob, we're coming up on the second commercial break, and when we get back for the second half of the show, I want to talk with you about influence. As you know, it relates so much to, to business and leadership, so when we get back mm -hmm. from the commercial break, we'll talk about that in your book, The Go-Giver Leader. You're listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. We've got Bob Berg with us on today's episode. We'll be right back. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. Nathan R. Mitchell, America's leading empowerment coach, 
founder of Clutch Consulting and certified member of the John Maxwell team, is giving away his top-selling book, Leading with Purpose, for free, for a limited time. You can get Nathan's highly acclaimed book, which is full of 30 empowering tips to help you transform your organization and your leadership. To claim your free ebook, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Opt in to receive the Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio newsletter, and you will also receive Nathan's book as a special bonus. This is a limited time offer, so secure your copy today. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. Friends, one of the things I've learned about great leaders is this. They are lifelong learners. And one of the ways that I've been able to devote more time to my own personal growth and development to learn new things is through audible.com. You know, it really gives me the opportunity to learn new books while I'm driving, working out at the gym, or even running in my neighborhood. So if you want to try out audible.com to listen to some of the best books on business and leadership like The Go-Giver and The Go-Giver Leader while you're on the go, visit us at leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Click on the resources tab to learn more. And with that, Bob, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Nathan. You're welcome, sir. You know, right before the commercial break, I mentioned to you that uh, for the second half of today's podcast, I want to talk with you about this principle of influence because it relates to so many different things in the world of sales, the world of business, and even to leadership. And you've actually uh, have published a book called The Go-Giver Leader. And even, you know, the principle of influence is one of the principles that you talk about in the book in The Go-Giver. So how does a go-giver create influence, first of all, both personally and in business, and how does that direct, directly relate to leadership? Well, one of your mentors and a person I consider one of mine, although I, I think you know him even better than I do, uh, John Maxwell famously said, in, uh, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And he also uh, has been known to say influence is everything. And in the context in which he said it, I agree. Now, I mean, one could say breathing is everything or, you know, what have you. But in the context of, of success, personal, professional, relational, and so forth, influence certainly is everything. So I think we need to first ask ourselves, what is influence? Uh, how would we define influence? And on a very, very basic level, Nathan, I would define influence simply as the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific goal. That is the, as far as I'm concerned, the definition of, of influence. However, I don't believe it's the essence of influence. The essence of influence is pull, pull as opposed to push, or as I like to ask my audiences, how far can you push a rope? And again, we all laugh because we know the answer is not very far. Well, actually, right. you could. Especially not uphill, very, not, right? Right, not very fast or very effectively, right? And so, uh, and, you know, you don't hear people say, wow, that Julie or that David, hey, he is just so influential. He has a lot of push 
with people, right? No, he has a lot of pull or she has a lot of pull because that's what influence is. Influence is an attraction. Great leaders, great influencers attract people first to themselves and then only then to their ideas. So that's really the, the essence of, uh, of influence. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And you know, one of the other things that you can talk about with regards to influence are, are people like myself or business owners or entrepreneurs that are seeking to find uh, influential people who can help them get from where they are now to where they ultimately uh, mm-hmm. need to be. And I was actually listening to one of your podcasters on your Go-Giver podcast uh, earlier this week in, in my car, and, and you were talking about, you know, how to how to approach uh, a possible mentor, especially maybe even somebody that you don't necessarily have a good relationship with. Or, or when, I, when I say good relationship, I mean somebody that doesn't really know you that right. well or you, you haven't had the time to establish that kind of relationship. Can you kind of share some of the principles that you talked about on that episode of your podcast about how to, you know, ask somebody the question that you would like for them to be your mentor? Yeah, and I think that interview that day was with Dondi Skumachi, who is one of my mentors and who is a, a very wise and, and very powerful leader. And one of the, uh, you know, we, she and I talk about mentorship all the time and, and how important having a mentor is. And yet, as you said, what if you don't know that person? What if you see someone, whether they're in business, whether they're local, whether they're someone who you've, you kind of know on social media, uh, so it could be anyone, uh, whose work you admire and you'd like to have them as a, a mentor. Well, we can, the good news is we can reach out to really anyone and ask, but there's ways to do so and ways to not do so in terms of more or less effectiveness. And I, I think a mistake many people make, Nathan, is they'll, they'll, they'll reach out to someone who, as you said, they don't know, they don't have a relationship with yet. And they'll just say, Hey, would you be my mentor? As though that person's doing nothing but waiting around for them to, you know, to to ask to mentor them, right? Right. So, you know, doing that is sort of like saying to this person, hey, I, I know you don't know me from a hole in the wall, but would you share with me your <laughs> 40 years of knowledge? You know, and, and obviously that's not something that, that is most, no, that can work, sure, but is it usually going to? No. Now, instead, what you can do is you can reach out to someone and let them know that you admire their work, that you are, it might be, I'm just starting a business or I'm looking to grow in the area of so-and-so, so-and-so. I know you're very, very busy, uh, and this may or may not be appropriate for me to ask, uh, but if you wouldn't mind, may I ask you one or two very specific questions? Hmm. Now, what you've done is you've framed that in a way that is humble uh, that is appreciative. It, it, you, you don't sound as though you feel entitled to their wisdom, right? And when you ask like that, they're much more likely to say, well, sure, you know, feel free to ask me a couple of questions. Now, you want to have done your research on this person so you don't ask them something that you could have easily found out through researching them. These days, there's no excuse for that, right? Uh, so, but you ask them a couple questions, and and when they answer, and you just you thank them, and you let them know you will be uh, putting that into action, and that you'll you know keep in touch and let them know how things are going, what have you. So that day, I would write a handwritten, personalized thank you note, not an email, not a text, personalized handwritten note, uh, hand stamp it, hand address it, send it to them, just thanking them for their time and letting them know how much you appreciate it. Uh, I would even that day. Uh, you know, again, you can find out what their favorite charity is just through looking at their their website or, or finding out information about them. 
uh, on the internet and, and make a, a small, it doesn't have to be big, but it's a small donation in their name. It will get back to that, to their favorite charity. It will get back to them. You're not doing that to kiss up to them, but just to, to communicate that even though you know that right now you're not in the kind of position to, to add the kind of value to them that they are to you, that you respect the process and you greatly appreciate them and want to find ways to add value to them. Uh, uh, a, you know, a few weeks later, a month later, you you either write back to them or what have you, and and again, you can do this through email or or however you, you you've connected with them so far. And let them know what your results have been. Maybe ask you know one more question. And, and uh, over time, because a, a mentor protege relationship is just that; it's a relationship, and it takes time to develop. And it might be that that you never do develop a mentor protege relationship with this person, or you might. But it will happen over time and it will happen through mutual respect and through your making sure that they always know how much you appreciate them. Yeah. And really what you're talking about is finding ways to really connect, mm. you know, right? Because there's a big difference than sim- from simply communicating with somebody and really connecting with someone. And I'm, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I almost For think sure. that the technology world that we live in today has really limited our ability to effectively connect with people. I mean, it, it's too easy to send a text message. It's too easy to write an email. Do you think that there's a little bit of kind of a lost, really connecting with people through the handwritten word and those types of things? Has that almost become a lost art for many people? It, well, it, it has, but it doesn't have to. You know, and the, and the thing is, the, the good news is that if you really want to be the person known for connecting uh it's even it's it's easier than ever these days <laughs> because right, you're yeah. probably the one running that that uh, personalized note but you know even on social media you can still uh you can still create value it's just a matter of you know i often say that all things being equal people will do business with and refer business to those people they know like and trust they don't do business with and refer business to those computers they know like and trust it's the person in front of that computer so before every tweet before every post before every response you ask the question is what i'm about to to post or write or tweet or whatever is this going to add value to this other person and if you keep that in mind you'll find that you can utilize uh social media you can utilize blogs you can utilize you know what have you emails in order to make a, a heart to heart connection. So as long as we understand that the that the uh, technology is simply a means to an end, it's not the end itself, we're okay. It's when we think the technology is, is now the end-all, be-all, that's when we get in trouble. Well, Bob, I want to thank you so much for spending your time with us this morning. I know that you've delivered a ton of value to our listeners and to myself as well. We've got just a couple of minutes before the end of the show. I want to give you an opportunity to, you know, share something. You know, where, where can we find your books? I know the listeners can go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Uh, I'll link to them there uh, in the show notes for today's episode. But is there anything that you're currently doing that you would like to promote before we conclude? Really just the uh, just the, the series of Go-Giver books. And as you were kind enough to mention earlier, I have a, a podcast at thegogiver.com, and we have a uh, – 
We have a, a $20 uh, online program called Sell the Go-Giver Away, which they can find also at the uh, at thegogiver.com. So I just appreciate being on your show, and I love the work you're doing, Nathan. You're adding so much value to so many people, and I just wish you all uh, just such success and to, to keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much, Bob. I really appreciate you. Uh, and you're listening to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio today. As I mentioned, if you want to get the Go-Giver or the Go-Giver Leader, or even find Bob's podcast, The Go-Giver. Go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com, click on the show notes tab, and you'll see uh, the show notes from today's episode, and I'll link to all of those resources for you right there so you can have easy access. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thank you, Bob. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio with host Nathan R. Mitchell. To learn how Nathan can help you get better business results and lead you to your full potential faster, visit Clutch Consulting on the web at www.clutchconsulting.net. You can also download episodes of 